I ain't scared. If I was scared, I'll call the cops. They haven't called the cops yet. Hey, dirty dog, Lawrence Taylor. I'm offended that you said that I was beat up by a 13-year-old. I'm more of a man than you are ever going to meet. <coughs> Listen, dirty dog, Lawrence Taylor. I'm coming for you. I'm going to get you. I'm done. Whatever. This interview segment's over. From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Bastry, Minnesota, moved all over. Main event status radio with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, 90210, and the Dirty Dog Dirty. From coast to coast, bell to bell, start to close. This is Made Event Status Real with Jesse, the Dirty Dog Ventura. Joining me is Gorilla Hills. How's it going, Gorilla Hills? <laughs> oh, will you stop? <laughs> yes, I will stop. I am the Dirty Dog. As usual, here's Mr. Beverly Thrills. <laughs> chilling in the 9021 Hills. You Mr. got it, man. How's it going, Mr. Thrills? That's going well. How about you? I am happy that Jesse Ventura was not outside your window when you were looking outside your window just a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was looking for. Jesse Ventura. <laughs> so, this is obviously Main Event Status Radio. We are covering the 100th episode of Monday Night Raw from Monday, February 27th, 1995. From Macon Coliseum in Macon, Georgia, taped seven days earlier on the 20th of February. Right on. So obviously this is the normal WWE taping shows and airing it days or weeks later. But we'll yep. get that in a little bit. As usual, oh, okay. As usual, Fastlane was last week in Beverly Hills. Yeah. What is your thoughts on reading the reviews from Fastlane last weekend? Well, I watched some of it. I don't. I don't know how much I watched. I want to say I watched almost everything until the fight, until the main event. I don't think I watched the end. Uh, I watched it like Tuesday morning. Um, I didn't think it was bad. You said it was horrible. I I didn't think it was that bad. Well, I guess you know. Well, since everything's on the network for nine ninety nine, I really can't complain for. A ten dollar pay per view. That yeah. I can't expect a sixty dollar value of every pay per view when I'm only paying sixth of, of the price. Right. I just right. wasn't. I just wasn't too thrilled. I guess I had other stuff going on, so I wasn't really paying too much attention <laughs> to the pay per view. But I was surprised to suddenly. I, I was surprised to see Cena pass out against Rusev for the U.S. title, and yeah. I felt like. I thought that was a pretty good match, though. Yeah, I felt like with Roman Reigns going over clean, over Daniel Bryan was probably the best decision if they weren't going with Daniel Bryan in the main event for WrestleMania. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with it. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know, everybody has sort of came to earth on the Daniel Bryan thing, too, just from kind of looking around. It seemed like there wasn't nearly as much outrage this time as there was last time. Which, yeah, I'm happy about that. You know, if there's yeah. one, 
wanted to go with Roman Reigns and the decisions that they made with throwing Daniel Bryan into the Rumble and all that. Right. I thought this was probably the best case scenario, having uh, Daniel Bryan put over Reigns right before WrestleMania. Yeah, and I mean, like, the thing is that they just need to, like, stick with their decisions. You know, if th- this, like, going back in February thing, are they going to do that every year? That I mean, like, it either te- well, it tells you two things. Either you made the wrong decision in the first place, but it also tells you that, like, you need to just stick with it. Like, they don't, they don't need to always turn on a dime, you know? Well, yeah, that's what they're doing, that they're sticking to their plans, which I appreciate. Yeah. Granted, you know, I, I would rather see Daniel Bryan against Brock Lesnar, but, you know, right. they want they want to push Roman Reigns as, the, as their next main event star, you know, the guy who's going to carry the company on his back for who knows how many years, so I'm not going to complain. Right, just do Yeah, just do it. Granted, you know, I don't think Roman Reigns is ready yet, but look at 10 years ago at WrestleMania 21 when they put the Rocket on Batista and John Cena, both guys weren't fully ready yet either. Right. Uh-huh. So whatever, you know, people were happy to see them take over the take over the world titles on on Raw and SmackDown. So I'm not gonna complain too much that Roman Reigns ain't fully ready since, like I said, John Cena and Batista weren't ready ten years ago. Uh huh. But just wanted to talk about our talk about Fastlane for a few minutes as we usually do after every pay per view. Yeah. Then uh, we might as well get back to our episode. Yeah, this is Monday Night Raw from February 27th, 1995, the great 100th episode. <laughs> yeah. According to Aruku, for the for this event, it, it claims, Lawrence Taylor comes to Monday Night Raw to address the situation with Bam Bam Bigelow, plus Lux Luger, comma, and many more in action. That's accurate. <laughs> Are you excited to review this episode of Monday Night Raw. Um, sure. Why not? It's the next one we got. <laughs> so Fair. let's do it. Fair enough. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back to review that edition of Monday Night Raw. Stand by. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. After a hard night's work of backbreaking labor, the first thing I grab out of the fridge is an ice-cold can of Mellow Yellow. This 12-ounce can of love cools me right off and mellows me down after a long night of stacking boxes perfectly. You want to cool off for a hard day's work or be mellow like me, a Dirty Dog Darcy of Main Event Status Radio? Grab a can of mellow yellow, crack it open, and stay classy. Hey, brother, this is the immortal one, Mr. Beverly Hills. And you know what? Those other guys who tell you about the Mellow Yellow, they don't know what's going on, brother. The only way to get hyped, to get jacked for main event status radio, brother, is the Diamond Dew. Ooh. Ah, it gets me ready for a big podcasting effort, brother. What you gonna do when the Diamond Dew runs wild on you? Sucker MC, she called me sire. Ain't stop rocket till I retire. And we're back here on Minivan Status Radio. Here at Mr. Beverly uh, Thrills, wrapping us back. You got Little it. Run DMC, baby. <laughs> you got it, man. Right on. I only know that. Respect the legend. I only know that because I own two Run DMC albums. 
I'll have to kick please, it. Please tell me that you decided to buy those two Run DMC albums because they sang DX's theme song for a little bit. Please tell me. Close. Oh, okay. I think it was DMC that Jericho had on his podcast a few months ago. Oh, okay. All right. So that's why I bought two Run DMC albums. Okay. I bought one and all that, and I liked it, so I bought the Greatest Hits album. (laughs) Ah, Which which I was happy, happy with. Yeah, no, Run DMC's good. And one thing I was happy about (laughs) was the opening for this Raw. The World Wrestling Federation, for over 50 years, the most dominating force in sports entertainment. entertainment. (laughs) Right into the classic Raw intro from there. Yes, plus they changed up the video package for for Raw. Yes, uh I noticed that too. Not the classic Raw intro. I spoke too soon. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, it was a classic theme song, but not the classic yes. video. Correct. I felt like after 100 episodes, I approached the same opening video. I felt like it's a new change. Yeah, and I like that they're featuring uh, the stars instead of just, like, shadow people. Yeah, same like they Like they usually do. That's a good idea. And, I mean, it's easy enough. All they have to do is just kind of, like, transpose them over the top. It's not like they were doing – it's not like they were shooting anything new. It's, you know. Yeah. And according to their opening, so that means WWF was around back in 1945. Yeah, they, they play a little fast and loose with the, the origins. Which always makes me laugh, and just wanted to mention that. Then after the after sure. the new video package, Vinnie Mac welcomes us to Raw and tells us that LT will address us tonight on Raw. Then yep. he welcomes Jim Cornette again on the color booth, and Corey put over the LT Bam Bam storyline. Yep, he says he's gonna he's looking for an apology. That's what he he's expecting that LT is gonna apologize to Bam Bam. Then uh, Vinnie Mac. Uh, Tells us we hopefully will see ending of the feud between Lux Luger and the Native American Tantanka. Yeah, he calls it like the epic feud or something like that. Okay. <laughs> then we go if you to, say so, Vince. Then we go to some pre-recorded comments with Lux Luger, which I can tell he was in front of a green screen. No, I don't think he was. Well, must must be later on in the episode where I thought somebody was in front of a green screen, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, and Lex... I can tell that Lex is totally scripted because I cannot imagine a time in in his life where he has ever used the word ardent. That is true, yeah. <laughs> I just he doesn't come across as the most educated of people, and I just can't imagine that he would say ardent because he's in great shape, Beverly Hills. That's why he uh-huh. that smart. That's why he doesn't need the he doesn't need the books, man. He's got the looks. Get get rid of the books. I got the looks. <laughs> he doesn't need big words. We just need big weights. Oh, gosh. We're, we are scripting an entire Lex Luger character change. It is <laughs> so sad that he didn't actually use it. Maybe he could use that in 2015 for his comeback. <laughs> but, yeah, Luger was saying how, how uh, it all started at SummerSlam when the Million Dollar Corporation claimed that he sold up, but it was actually Native, the Native American Tantanka. Yes. Three weeks ago, Tatanka bloodsided him in their six-man match and on Raw, and two weeks ago on Action Zone. Right. Then he took. Well, two to, weeks ago on yeah, two weeks ago on Action Zone, he beat up Chief uh, Chief J. Yeah. So, which leads us to our first opening bout. 
the Native American Tatanka with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, versus Lux <laughs> Luger and the Native American Chief, G- Chief Jay Strongbow. Yep. So Tonka's out first, and I like the um the mashup of songs that starts with the Tataka like War Cry and then it goes into the Money 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 theme yes. song. That was cool. Same here, yeah. We talk a lot about the music and I like that. Um and then we we got a inset Tatanka promo. Hey Luger or no, it was once he came out. Hey Luger, I'm gonna teach you the real American way. The Native American way. <laughs> Which made me laugh too. Yup, right. Then Luger came out with Chief J. Strongbow, like you alluded to, he's wearing a red, white, and blue headdress. And a little kid waving the American flag again. Yeah, a baby Mikey Wolfrak was leading him out as the flag bearer this week. Yes. Yep. Oh, also, I noticed what Lux Luger's theme song was this week. Okay. Toon. Toon, toon, toon. <laughs> Which always makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it starts with USA, USA. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Tataka tried to jump Luger at the outset, but Luger chases him outside and he has to regroup with DiBiase. This is when I noticed that DiBiase brought the urn with him. Yes, the, yes, I thought it was the, a good the touch. Urn. Yep. Um, once he gets back in the ring, Tataka's able to, um, take <laughs> well, Sorry, I did notice one thing I wanted to say. There were USA chants to, you know, against the foreigner Tataka. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, out of the two, Oops. it would be more apropos that Lux Luger's a foreigner over Yo, Tataka. Right on, right on. He's Tataka's more USA than <laughs> Lux Luger. But I'll get back to that later. I'll get back okay. to that later. Um. Uh, after that, Tatanka gets in and he does take over on Luger with chops. And I notice he is moving, um, at least at the beginning of the match, he's moving a little quicker than that other time we watched him. No. Um, I, I don't know. It's we're I guess like eight months into his heel turn now, but I, maybe he's getting a little, getting a hold of it a little bit. I don't know. Um, he gets him into a bear hug, and here's where it really slows down. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that just, too. Yeah. Yeah, this bear hug spot was rough. Yeah, well, kind of think of it since we're in a slow period. I know I've noticed over the episodes that we've watched so far in the series and before, do you know why McMahon always called Tatanka the Native American Tatanka? I think it's just part of his character that he liked to just say it, Native American Tatanka. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> uh, to me, it doesn't matter, but it always made me... I guess I catch those weird things from yeah. McMahon. Yeah, well, fair I, I've noticed it before, but I never really wanted to men- really mention it. But I just <laughs> wanted to mention it during this match that at times <laughs> I feel like Vince goes overboard with keep uh, keep on calling him the Native American Tatanka. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing with Vince or whatever is like you can tell when he's wanting to get over. Uh, nicknames or catchphrases or anything like that. Even to this day, you can tell that Michael Cole is speaking Vince words when it's like the same thing over and over and over again. Like, I I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but when you, well, like, now it's Cor- kind of caught on, but Corporate when Kane. they started calling, what? Corporate Kane. Oh sure, I was thinking of when they were when they were starting to call Randy Orton the Viper. 
That too, yeah. And like again, it's kind of caught on by now, so maybe it worked, but uh, it was seeming very forced at the time. So when whenever like a new kind of nickname, um, or you know when they call uh, Ambrose the Lunatic Fringe, kind of weirdly, I don't think it really fits him, but they keep pounding it over and over. Michael Cole keeps saying it, so that's kind of a Vince thing, I think. Fair enough, yeah. So after Luger fights out of the bear hog, we get an extremely weird spot, in my opinion. I think I know, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. Both of them just walk around the ring. Yes. Luger, <laughs> it, that bothered me a little bit. It, it was like, so weird. Luger seemed like he wasn't selling anything and all that. Like, he's tired, he <laughs> wants to be alone, and he yeah, doesn't want to be by anybody, so just walk yes. around and all that. They just took like three laps around the ring and the inside of the ring, mind you. I want to to clear that for everyone listening. Yes, not the outside, the inside. And neither of them are like chasing each other, fighting, whatever. They're just slowly walking around the ring. Um, And then Luger starts bouncing his pecs so you know that it's on. When he he bounces his pecs, would it be considered him hulking up? I think that I think that's when he luxes up is when his boobies start bouncing. Would it be he, he is flexing up? Sure. One for um, <laughs> so Luger put a put on a sleeper at that point, and apparently this is a big deal because this was like Jay Strongbow's move or something. Uh, Tataka that after that he went outside to confront Jay Strongbow and. Uh, to uh he pulled off Jay's headdress and then Jay chopped him three times. And this is where I wanted to get to. This is where I want to talk about how weird is it that the fake Native American Jay Strongbow, who's really Italian, is the face and real Native American Tatanka is the heel. I just think that's ridiculous and very backwards. And they're like, oh, Native American legend Jay Strongbow. This idiot's Italian. Stop, <laughs> stop talking about him like he's some freaking uh, sitting bull type. This, that was that. I don't know. I just think that's really offensive because, like, you have the real the guy who actually this is his heritage, and he's the one that's treated as a you know as a villain. Where this just old fat dude is like the the legend or whatever. Yeah, well, what's your thoughts on, I can't remember if it was McMahon or Cornette that was putting over, like you said, that the sleeper hold, the sleep hold daddy-o was uh, <laughs> oh, ch- the Chiefs uh, finisher maneuver, and he didn't teach that to Tatanka, but he taught it yeah. to Lux Luger. What's your thoughts on them putting over a little bit that Chief J was training Lux Luger, or training Tatanka a little bit before Tatanka uh, became a heel? Yep. I remember at some point they did some type of like feather ceremony and Chief J Strongbow was there. Um so yeah, they've had a history together. Makes sense it makes sense that they were tied tied it in with this match then. Yeah, and, and Chief J Strongbow has had been a backstage worker for the WWF for many years, so it really makes sense that he would be used then as well. Yeah. Um, so after they get back in the ring after the kind of confrontation between Strongbow and Tatanka, uh, Luger takes over with a bunch of clothesline, throws him back out. This is the first time 
Oh, by the did you notice what uh, McMahon called Luger's finishing move? No. He's like, he's prepping for the the rumble rack. <laughs> That's what the, is I've that never, what they called it that in the WWF, the rumble rack? I guess I've never heard it called that before, but again, this is a this is kind of a time that I didn't watch super a lot. So but the rumble rack. So he's prepping for the rumble rack. And this is the first time that Tatanka and DiBiase try to leave, but Luger catches Tatanka and suplexes him into the ring, uh, rams him into the the buckle a bunch of times, um, and Tatanka rolls to the outside, and this time they leave, and they do leave for good. So the winner is Lux Luger via countout. I read yes. this match. I rated this match 21 half-star Beverly. I rated this. Let me actually let me move your face here so I can see the my star rating. Star and a quarter is what I is so what I rated. rated a little this. bit higher than you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was all right. I I rated this you know, what I did a, a quarter of a star higher because, like you mentioned, the beginning of the match was fast paced and the crowd was into it more than I expected. The crowd was into it a lot. I, that's uh, that is certainly true. I'm I'm with you on that 100. percent So yeah, that's why I rated it high, as high as I did because you know, yeah, the crowd seemed like they were into seeing those two finally end it and all that. So then after that, we go to LT in the WWE studios and Corey said that he's yeah. about to apologize. So we go to he's commercial. looking extre- he's looking extremely contemplative. He's like rubbing his chin, like looking into the distance. <laughs> then we come back from a commercial break and we come back from a, a video package from WWF Superstars where we see a 20-man battle royal. And yes, and I, I thought this spot was really funny, actually. Can tell like us what about the spot. Trying to do. Okay, so in this 20-man battle royal, Jerry Lawler, he, I think, kind of purposely got himself eliminated, but he just stood outside on one leg. <laughs> and he was just, like, standing there on one foot waiting to get back in. And I think kind of like the ongoing storyline, you know, for many years of Jerry Lawler trying to like cheat the system and win various battle royals is one of my favorites. You know, he'll hide under the ring. He's, you know, like went under the ropes and sat at commentary. He's done all these different things. I think that's a funny kind of ongoing like life storyline. But as he's standing on one leg, Bret Hart comes out, steps on his <laughs> steps on his foot, so that he puts down the other foot, and he's eliminated. So it made him lose the the battle royal there, which made me laugh. And I thought it played well <laughs> with Shawn Michaels winning the Rumble, you know, uh-huh. about a month be- within a month before, and you know, only with one foot touching the floor. So I felt like it was a it was a playback to that, and and all that. You try to make it a little bit more humorous. Right, it's a logical kind of extension of that. It makes sense. Then we get our next match with the Rocket, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart versus Larry Santo. Larry Santo, who is wearing a Tennessee's, Tennessee Volunteers jacket. And I wrote, he must like them. Is this, a, <laughs> is this the first time we have Santo on the podcast? I believe this is a, the first time exper- uh, experience of Larry Santo. Do you know who he is? I looked him up. Uh, he had a ton of results on the wrestling data- database site. He had 54 results. He won a, a number of matches in Smoky Mountain. I think that was kind of his best territory. The last entry was from like 96, though. So Okay. 
So then it was, I take you, oh, so it makes sense since Cornette ran Smoky Mountain to have, you know, bring some guys in for right. enhancement talent or whatever else. Yep, and Bob, and Bob Cook is a, was kind of a Smoky Mountain guy too. So Which we'll see in the next match, yeah. Yep. Then uh, McMahon tells us uh, that Owen's been looking for a partner to challenge the smoking guns for the tag titles. Which yep, I f- yeah, which That's I thought was in- storyline. Which yeah, is the first time that I, I remember them bringing that up here on the series so far. Right, and it was very it was very impassing, but um, he apparently had a had a match with Bob Backlund as his partner on Action Zone that didn't go well for him. They didn't really allude much more to it, but they said that he didn't get along with them. So I always I always like the storyline of like people trying out others for a tag team spot. I think that's an interesting storyline. I'm sad they didn't have that on Raw because it would be very interesting to see how those two would team up and their chemistry or the, the lack thereof. Right, exactly. So, yeah, like, I think you mentioned that, yeah, San, the Santos tights, red tights. With <laughs> oh, white boots. Yeah. Or in my notes, red tights and weight boots. Yes, weight boots, you got it. <laughs> Which made me laugh. <laughs> so Hart started out quick, but I noticed that Santo is actually getting a lot of play here, like uh, a lot of offense on his end too. Um, <laughs> did you catch the line from Cornette where he talks about uh, Larry Santo's uh, family? No. Oh my gosh, he says that Larry Santo's El Santo's son, like the Mexican <laughs> wrestling legend. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> because for those of you listening at home, Larry Santo is a pasty white guy, probably from Tennessee, I would assume, whereas El Santo is, <laughs> as when, as we said, a Mexican wrestling legend. So I yes. thought that was hilarious. Um, getting toward the end here, so hard caught Santo with a really nice spinning wheel kick. Um, then he <laughs> he put, he got Santo in a, in a slam and a leg drop, and I wrote that Larry Santo looked like he was going to puke. He, like, <laughs> as he got up, he was like bent over like holding his gut. Um, <laughs> he's gonna, so, he's gonna puke. Yeah, I'm sorry. This, this match cracks me up. Um, so Santo tries to take over, but uh, Owen Hart kicked him in the face, went up for the flying drop kick, got him like right in the chest, which I'm surprised he didn't vomit at that point. <laughs> and, uh, he got <laughs> locked in the sharpshooter um, for a submission in the win. And I thought it was funny as he was locking it in. And earlier he played this too. He's like cupping his ear and he's like, I can't hear you, ref. I can't hear <laughs> you. So he didn't know how to break the hold. Well, I rated this one star. I rated this one half of a star. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't like but, it as much. That's yeah. fine. But I did, you know, kind of thinking back now that I didn't take note of it, but uh, during, uh, I think during, during the start of the match, Owen was, had the advantage, and there's like three guys on the other side of the hard camera that was cheering Owen Hart. Oh, yeah. And they, yeah. They, they, I think Vince even made a comment about that, too. Like, oh, there's even a few fans of Owen Hart here tonight. Yep, he said they, they must have traveled from Calgary. Which made me laugh. laugh. Then we see Bam Bam. I guess he's waiting to hear... Oh, Bam Bam's in another studio, and he's like... I guess he's waiting to hear LT's uh, apology. Yep. And all that. Then we go to a commercial break, and we come back. The guy uh, made Bam Bam take his jacket off. 
No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he did. Uh oh. Yes, he did. He made, he comes up and Bam Bam takes the jacket off for him. Then the USA Daily News claims that L Team Bam Bam will face each other at WrestleMania. Now this is definitely when Vince and Cornette are in front of the green screen. Yeah. And you can totally tell that um this this New York Daily News and the USA Today headlines must have caught them off guard. And I feel like they're trying to cover for it at this point because those two papers must have gotten the correct rumors that LT and Bam Bam were going to wrestle, but they hadn't yet done that press conference to announce it. So they kind of have to try to be like, no, we've never heard it. We, we don't know about this match. We haven't scheduled it yet. I don't know what they're talking about. So, so. we go, go to LT McMahon brings us back to the rumble and how, and we see some footage of Bam Bam shoving him to the floor. Yep. And, uh, and, uh, McMahon claims that Bam Bam felt like LT disrespected him. Right. L- LT laughed it off and said, uh, and said that, uh, that is he. Oh, he that said Bam- that Bam Bam disrespected himself, himself because yeah. he lost to a 13 year old. What's your thoughts on LT, uh, Clay, or Perch? I thought that was a diss towards one, two, three kid, which he did look young, yes, but do you felt, what is that? I felt like, he was downplaying professional wrestlers. Yes, I completely agree. When Bam Bam later said that he, or yeah, when when he comes back and he says that he was offended by that comment, I was too. I feel like uh, that is um, downplaying it, and there are different ways to say that. I mean, I don't know. I guess let's uh, let's uh, address the elephant in in the room here. LT is coked out out of his mind in this yeah. uh, interview. He is completely high. So I, do, I don't, I guess, <laughs> and this is a weird statement, but I don't, I guess, blame him for coming off weird because he's definitely not in a correct mindset here. And before we go any further, Beverly Hills. Okay. I have to open up my <laughs> main event status soda. For the, the interview is the, the main segment. event. Yeah, to me, this was a main event. Yes, yeah. Um, well, yeah, then LT, uh, LT uh, last off and yeah, says that yeah, Bam Bam disrespected himself. That Cornette yeah. asked what stopped LT from going after Bam Bam. Then LT said that he didn't go to the Royal Rumble to fight. Yep, you know, well, and he says, that's not my way. We'll settle it other ways. Then McMahon mentioned... That it was an embarrassing moment for the WWF and for LT of what Bam Bam did. Yeah, and LT said he wasn't expecting the shove, and and he didn't appreciate the replays on national TV and the, and it being replayed so much is what makes it embarrassing. Yes, he didn't he didn't like that. Um, they kept replay, replaying it on World Wrestling Federation TV. Then McMahon asked LT what it was. Come on, L- no laugh for the World Wrestling Federation. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, geez. Just pile along on the notes there, Dirty yes. Dog. Keep going, man. McMahon asked LT what, he, what he's going to do about it, claiming that the fans want to know. And uh, LT said he's weighing out his options and he'll take his time. Yeah, because Bam Bam pushes like a sissy. Let's <laughs> see. Then uh, McMahon repeats Bam Bam's comments about being scared, and Cornette asked LT, and uh, 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 Cornette asked about it if he's scared, and LT said he isn't scared of anyone. 
Well, he said that if he's scared, he's going to call the cops. That's what we did on the intro. And LT says that Bam Bam is a big guy and does amazing things in the rim. Mm-hmm. Then we got Bam Bam. Oh, not yet. He's as J- as Jim Cornette kept asking him questions. He's like, "Who is this clown?" <laughs> yes. But I felt like the the interview picked up when Bam Bam got brought into the, into the it too as well. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Cornell was trying to get trying to pull anything out of Lawrence Taylor, but he couldn't. So I think it was a conscious move to bring in Bam Bam at this moment. And then we got Bam Bam, and Bam Bam says he's more of a man than LT is. Yep. And Bam Bam says that. LT- and this is and this is when so he said that he was offended by the thirteen year old comment. He said he was more of a man than uh, anyone he was going to ever meet, and then that's when he coughed. And you must have taken note of it, but that's why I was coughing in the intro. He's like, yes. I'm more of a man than you'll ever meet. And he's like, <clears throat> and they're like, whoa, Bam Bam, are you choked up over this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Bam Bam said if he was a football player, he would have retired LT a long time ago, which made me laugh. And I felt like that, you know, comparing that to LT's comment about Bam Bam losing to a 13-year-old kid, I felt like that was dissing, band, or dissing LT, but not dissing LT in the sport of, pro, of professional football. Exactly, yep. Unlike mm-hmm. LT's right. diss to Bam Bam and to you know, dissing professional wrestling. Yep. Then, uh, yeah, then uh, Bam Bam was kept on saying stuff and cutting LT off, and it pissed LT off that he walked out of the studio. Yes, he did. And it seemed like LT was mumbling a lot towards the end. Well, he he said that he was going to meet him at the Harley Davidson Cafe tomorrow, and that Bam Bam should wear his dress. Ooh, <laughs> he called him a girl, guys. Gosh, can you barely handle that burn out, uh, Bam Bam? I know we talked about this before on previous podcasts when you talked about this off air, but I felt like LT was playing the heel here. <laughs> he came across heelish to me. So. Insulting the sport and whatever, being totally totally doped out of his mind. Yes, I think I I think yeah I think he comes across bad. I would agree. Then uh we the raw goes to a commercial break. We might as well take a quick break too, for a week and uh place in a commercial or whatnot here in the episode. This is Main Event Status Radio. We'll be right back. Let's do it. Stand by. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. That was a good statement that Mr. Dudley Hills and I just wrapped up with. Beverly, how can they listen to us besides how they are? Yeah, I agree. That was a good, that was a good one. Um, so they can find us on iTunes. Search us out in the, in the podcast store. Um, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash main event status radio. You can listen to us on the website, main event status.com. I think that's everything, right? You guys can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash main event status radio. Or you guys can interact with us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Dirty Dog M E S. Beverly, how can we find you? You can talk to me at Beverly Hills M E S. And I mean, I guess you can listen to it any way you want. You could like burn it to a vinyl if you want to listen to it like on a 45. You could like you could put it like on an eight track. I don't even know how to record eight tracks. You could like record it on a, on a tape. Uh, 
you could like transcribe it and read it as a book. Uh, you know, just any way you want, man. Or gal, whatever you want. I think my book should come across great in book form. I agree. I was said you old soul. What can I say, Jack? <laughs> All right, back to the show. And we're back here on the event status radio. As you guys hear, Dr. Clown and Dink <laughs> is on their way to the ring. Yes. I'm happy Dink wasn't Dinkless this, this, for this episode. Oh, my God. That's just like something my mom would say. Well, something Dink- about she, says, she says Dinkless a lot, actually. <laughs> well, I just thought I'll pull a Todd Pettengill from several weeks ago. Oh, okay. So, Everything is a reference. Yes. Everything's a reference. <laughs> nothing nothing is from the brain. Everything's from something else. <laughs> you sure nothing's from Bobby the Brain? Oh, gosh. Be fair to Flair, Beverly. Be fair to Flair. You better be fair to Flair. Then we get Doink the Clown versus Bob Cook, as we reference in the last match. Yeah, I... I they didn't say his name for a while, so I just called him a very mismatched man. Because, <laughs> like, both of his uh, knee pads were different. His, like, singlet was different from his pants. And so, I don't know, just a very mismatched man is Bob Cook. And I did find it funny that when Doink was coming out, McMahon plugs the superstar line. Okay. If we could call to get JR's opinion. Yes. I'm sorry, but I do not want to call JR because I'm sure he'll complain about the 10 punches in the corner. <laughs> What's that other thing? What's that thing that really upset me a while back that he said? I was, something really like bothered me. I think that, yeah, the 10 punches in the corner, how that isn't real and real. Oh, that sports. it's supposed to like knock him out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Plus the guy wide open or something like it's that. Got my, it's got my ire up again now thinking about it. It's so stupid. It's not <laughs> boxing, Jim Ross, you dumbass. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, if I can go back in 1995 and talk to McMahon, I'll tell McMahon, instead of plugging the superstar line for we could get Jared's opinion, he should just, he should, McMahon should just plug podcast1.com that we can download Jared's and put in once a week, and that's once too many. No, I think he should future plug main event status radio. Yes. Which is always <laughs> a winner. I love that. That's a good podcast, I've heard. Uh, same here, but whatever. <laughs> okay, so. so. We might as well get to this match. Yeah, Cornette is funny at the beginning. He's wondering why the clouds are so happy with all the problems in the world. <laughs> yes. He's like, with all the famine and petulance and all the other problems in the world, why are these, these dark clouds so happy? And I thought that was really funny. Um, so Doink got Cook kind of in, I don't know, kind of a surfboard type mover maneuver. And then Dink got in and started shaking his butt in front of Bacchus. <laughs> And Cook legitimately was acting like he was hurt by the butt shake. And I'm like, okay, he's not even touching you with said ass. Why are you upset? <laughs> well, I did write down that. that Dink did some clowning around when Doink had Cook in the submission hold. Yes. That would be said butt shaking. And what's your <laughs> thoughts on the crowd seemingly not caring for this match? Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, because Doink sucks, and so does Dink. <laughs> yes. 
Well, I, I, took, I took note of that because a year before, huh, Doink and Deke had a, a WrestleMania feud with Bam Bam, and I felt like a year after the fact, I felt like they kind of fell down the card rather rather greatly. Well, the the Doink act is, I don't know. it it I think it, it worked in different places. Um, I think it's, it's really starting to get stale at this point. The doing the whole doing thing. It was really good in the beginning, um, when uh, when he was the heel. When Matt Bourne, yeah, yeah, when Matt Bourne was playing him, but kind of when they start running through just like all these replacement doinks, it's not as good. Do you know just who? Do you know who was playing doink in this match? It's probably Ray Apollo. Okay. So we might as well get to the finish since I really don't okay. care for this match. Mm, all right, I'll fast forward here. Oh, come on. How can you uh, fast forward through this really random point where Vince is like, you must be one of the 71%. And uh, it has nothing to do with the with the match. And Cornette's like, what? 71%. He's like, yeah, the Harris poll that came out this week. And uh, Cornette's still like, what? And he's like, 71% of Americans are overweight. And I was like, what in the blue Oh, yeah, then he hell? called Cornette overweight. Yeah, but uh, I was just like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, yeah, like, I know, that makes zero sense. Well, talking about that, I know uh, McMahon in the next match asked Cornette to, to read a USA advertisement, and he does. Yep. And McMahon gave Cornette crap for being overweight. Yeah, he says that he's supposed to call like Jenny Craig or something. And that just pisses me off because, like, what the hell, McMahon? Like, most of your <laughs> fans are overweight, too, so... Well, apparently 71% of Americans are, according well, to this Harris Paul. According to Vince, whatever. Vince sucks. Yeah, so so whatever. Um, yeah, the doink hit Cook with a slam, uh, an elbow drop, one up top, hit the whoopee cushion, which is a fine butt drop, and they totally, like... Put uh, pipe in a fart noise too, and he like he hits him. When he like hit him, it was like, and then we got the one, two, three, whoopee cushion for the win. Doink's the winner. I read this match. A whoopee cushion. <laughs> a big fart. Yes, because I did not care. It's like the the crowd didn't either live there. All right, I'd agree with you. I uh, I rated this one quarter of a star. <laughs> Then we uh, get a commercial for WWF Raw and Super Nintendo. Yep. Then we get a commercial where, or we come back from a commercial where the Bulldog had some hard times with the Shawn Michaels of the Rumble. Then, uh-huh. then we got a 20-man battle royal on WWF Superstars, and Michaels got eliminated, or eliminated himself to save himself from Mania. Yes. And and uh, when later on, Michaels came out to try to screw with the Bulldog and all that. I guess next week we'll get Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog. Yeah. Do you see who the last in the uh, Battle Royal with Bulldog was? Who the number two was? I did not write down who it was, but I think I, I was surprised when I saw it. It's one of the Blue Brothers. Was it? That's yeah. A very, very odd choice for second in this uh, Battle Royal. Very weird. <laughs> But and, yeah, and Todd asked in the video package what kind of role would Sid play next week, and Todd even questioned if we will get a match next week because of Sid. Sure. 
which I thought was very interesting. And I'm happy that they're playing off during that video package. They're playing off of Sid being psycho in his in, in his character. Mm-hmm. Then we get our final match of the night: Kama 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 Kama, Kama Chameleon versus Ken Raper. Yeah, second time in a row, Kama gets the main event slot with probably the worst named wrestler of all time, who, Ken Raper. Who is this Ken Raper guy? I don't know. He's I've, I've heard his name before because come on, how do you not? How do you forget True, a guy yeah. named Ken Raper? I want to forget name ever, Ken Raper. I want to forget him. That was a good freaking name. They did. Oh my gosh! Who came up with this? Plus, what is up with <sighs> Ken Raper's attire? Uh, he apparently stole Brian Pillman's early '90s Bengal trunks. Yeah. Um. Okay. So on, <laughs> on Ken Raper's. Uh, oh God, this is frightening. <laughs> on Ken Raper's online world of wrestling page, uh, the first picture is uh, him sitting in a sauna wearing short shorts. <laughs> Creepy. That's gross. Second picture is him um, conceivably dressed like Jason from the Friday the 13th movie. He's holding an axe. Uh-oh. Um, oh, and then title history, blank, career highlights. Ken Raper was one half of the Galaxians with Ken Wayne for a short time. That is all the information I have on Ken Raper. That's funny. <laughs> so he wasn't much. The Undertaker apparently wrestled Ken Raper in Memphis on 7-15-1989 while he was called the Master of Pain. Ken Raper or The Undertaker? Undertaker was called Master of Pain. Did Ken it? Raper was called Ken Raper. Didn't. That's a bad joke. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Ken Raper's wearing Brian Pillman's uh, Bengal stripe trunks. Um, as this starts, Cornette wants to see Kama versus his Mantar. And to be honest, I kind of want to see that too. I kind of want to see them just like pound on each other for five minutes. Yeah, just to I see what kind of match we'll get. I think that'd be a good match. Um, just this is all Kama. He beats on on Ken Raper. He's punched him in the gut in the corner. Um, lots of kicks, kick, kick, kick all the time. Um, a lot of this is Kama going over to the camera saying he wants competition. Um, you know, if this is the best they can give him, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I my my mind wandered during this match, and it made me think. Around this time or before this time, there was an idea that Kama was going to come in, um, and his name was going to be Sir Charles. And he was going to be bald, and he was going to look like Charles Barkley, and he was and he was going to do a basketball player gimmick. I'd rather see that. The, I, the, I think just like the background noise we just picked up Beverly Hills, I think that would have dropped greatly. Just like this gimmick, all of our all of our games just fell to the desk. <laughs> Sorry. Well, just like Kama's uh, prior profession as a voodoo dude. Yeah, so so Kama hit a belly to belly, locked in kind of a um uh STF ish kind of Yeah, way. yeah. I'm tra- modif- yeah, kind of a modified STF camel clutch type deal. So cause he hooked the leg and then he sticks a knee in their back and does the chin lock. Um and that that move looks cool. 
Um, so he finished up with the victory there. I uh, rated this half a star. Kama wins with a dud. A <laughs> dud, oh man. I, was, I thought this was better than the doink thing. I really didn't care for both matches. It seemed like the crowd didn't care for either one. Yeah, sure. Whatever. whatever. I'm, I'm, cr- I'm cranky towards my uh, jobber matches. <laughs> sure. We go to a commercial break. We come back with Davey Boy Smith, who I swore was in front of a green screen. I don't think he was. <laughs> Sorry. For me, it felt like he was. That's why I thought earlier in the night Lux Luger was too. But it was just sure. my opinion. Fair enough. And Luger said he was looking forward to his match against Shawn Michaels next week. And, Bold, and Bulldog said he'll take more than Michaels and Sid to take him out. And then McMahon and Courtney put over what we'll see next oh, week on Raw. You you didn't write down his, the best line that he said? No, what was his best I'll be, line? I'll be taking a bite out of the heartbreak kid. Out of his thigh, out of his butt, out of his arm, out of what? Just out of, just out of the heartbreak kid. <laughs> And then the McMahon and Courtney put over what we'll see on Raw next week and the press conference that will happen happen the next night on Tuesday. Yep. And then we get Todd Pettengale again. And he plugs the press conference for tomorrow from our, the next day, Tuesday, for WrestleMania 11. And he's looking right. forward to covering it and hosting it. Then he says that guys like Diesel, Shawn Michaels, Bam Bam, and LT will be there. Then Todd closes the show. Yep. He sends us away. What's your thoughts on Todd Pentengill closing the show, Beverly? Oh, uh, that's fine. Whatever. Fair enough. Then we might as well take our final break for the episode. We'll be back for the ending, for the jobber and the main adventure next. Cool. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Ring. Ring. Hello. Hello. Hey, Granny. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I'm- who is this? What do you mean, who is this? This is Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. Where is she? She's going to... conclusion of main event status radio we got the job or we got the main eventer we got a little past the present going on do it my jobber has to be comma chameleon beverly hills <laughs> okay because he showed, showed me for the second week in a row how boring he can be <laughs> Well, I'm going to go, I'll go say match. I'll go my jobber as Ken Raper for having the worst name in wrestling history. Ken? Raper. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't blame you for picking the raper man as your jobber. <laughs> my uh, yeah. My main event status star has to be Mr. Bigelow. Mine too. For for me for scaring off LT and I was trying to bring something out of that segment where LT flopped it rather quickly. Yeah, I'd say say yeah, saving the segment um making it a just I don't know, ma- making it the best segment of the show is Bam Bam on this one. It was ba- it was all him. I never realized before us doing this series how great of a talker Bam 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 was when he was motivated. Yeah. Just saying. Just my opinion. Right. Then we might as well get to a past or present segment. Okay. And I hope we didn't talk about this before. But okay. I wanted to ask you if WWE, well, they won't be doing it for WrestleMania 31, but for us, let's say for WrestleMania 32, who could play the LT role from sports or wherever else outside of pro wrestling, and who could play Bam Bam at WrestleMania 32? Uh, well, they've talked about Chael Sonnen before, uh, the UFC fighter, um, who's now banned because of uh, steroid use. That, that'd be a good choice because he's a really good interview. Um, let's see, maybe any other football players. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Let's see. Okay. Let's say they signed. Dirty Dog Darcy. Let's say they (laughs) pick Chael Sonnen. Who would... Who could possibly have a chance against Chell Sonnen in from the WWF or WWE? Uh, it have to be it have to be somebody small. So you'd have to go with Daniel Bryan, Bryan, Miz, uh, Ziggler, um, Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville in that one because he's only, he only or he only fights at one eighty five. So it can't be someone um, so much bigger than that, or else it just wouldn't work. Fair enough. So I mean, if, if you're going with like a football or a basketball player, then you can really go with anybody. But um, with a with a smaller guy, you don't want to make him look uh, foolish. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because I, I was just I was thinking about like both that last night at work that trying to figure out who. Who could be, you know, could play LT? And I didn't th- didn't think of Chelsea Sonnen because I know, yeah, I I just think of you. Did you think of anything? No, I couldn't think of any anything. Oh. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to ask you since I couldn't think of anybody. Sure. But I feel like Chelsea Sonnen would be a good choice, even if it was, even if it was a one fight or one match. Yeah, I think that would help bring up WrestleMania 32 at at in Dallas next year. I don't know. Could you could do some uh, Dallas Cowboy, Fair too, enough. or some uh, dance girl from from the team, some cheerleaders, from the, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. They could like all come and find, <laughs> come and fight the divas, just like the whole team. Yes, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, do you have a past or present question, Beverly? Uh sure. Yes, I do. Um, would you like to see the, um, would you like to see the use of a press conference in 2015? I like they were setting up. I guess if the, with current, with the current product, probably not since. Okay. 
I feel like if they do, if they have Brock Lesnar there, I, I can. I feel like that would take away one of his TV Raw appearances. Okay. But that's just my opinion. But I guess they could always have Paul Heyman there since Paul Heyman's a yep. great talker. But yep. I guess the ways it would be interesting just to see how badly, how bad they would do it. <laughs> but well, I'd love to. I'd love to see it, and here's why. Uh, simple fact is that the. Network needs as much content as they can get, so I guess, and, and especially um, as much new, fresh, original content, uh, because it seems like that's what people watch uh, is the new stuff. So throw it out, throw that up there. Um, do I know they they do like a wrap up show? Do like a post um, post event? Uh, press conference, get some stuff happening on there. I think it could be a really good uh, use of um, your workers that you got there. Yeah. I guess you have to do something like that over the, like one traditional uh, post conference or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. I told press conference, yeah, I totally would like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we might also do the plugs for that, plugs for the show, Beverly Hills. Okay. You guys can listen to us on our website, Mid Event Status. Dot com. Again, that's MidEventStatus.com. You guys can also listen to us on our SoundCloud page, sound, SoundCloud.com slash Radio. Again, it's SoundCloud.com slash Radio. You guys can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Radio. Again, that's Facebook.com slash Radio. You guys can also interact with us on Twitter. You guys can follow me, the Dirty Dog, at Dirty Dog M E S. That's Dog as in D A W G. Dirty Dog M E S. You guys can also follow Beverly Hills on the Twitter machine. Beverly, how can they follow you? Beverly Hills M E S. Beverly, do you have any final comments for the show? Don't name yourself after a violent act against women as your wrestling name. That's a poor choice. It's always great. To name yourself after an uh, influential town out in out in California. <laughs> That's or, a better choice than that. Or an animal. <laughs> you got it. Just saying. <laughs> For Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We got catch you guys next time on Native and Status Radio. So long, farewell, Avita saying goodbye. Show, ladies and gentlemen. 